I would like to procure the bag. I want to be a rich bitch. Penthouse store man. Money, 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 rich bitch. Hey, hey, give me that bag. Rich bitch. You're so rich. Uh, pay me. Oh my God. We're so excited to be rich bitches. And now we're Trey's rich bitches. We're so Trey's I'm really. Rich bitches with, with the Davon Williams. How you doing? How you doing? Oh, I heard that one. I heard that went back in the public domain. Thoughts and prayers on Wendy Williams. Oh, oh God. Mm, how you yeah. doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, she's not doing real good. Oh, ah, <laughs> uh, the Wendy. Um, yeah. But you know, it's all good. Um, let's let's recap. Let's have a week recap. Week. Um, uh, just we'll... like a just like a soft recap, not a hard <laughs> recap. Is that right. what you mean? Or... Uh, sure, sure, sure. However you want to do. Um, you know, uh, Davon, guest of honor. We will start with you. How has your week been? Give us a rundown yeah. of what's going on. This week has truly been a blessing. Um, we are currently in, I think, the third. We just completed the yeah the third week of rehearsals for um, falsettos, mm. in which I am going on as the first Black Wizard, which is a controversial statement if you know the history of this musical and like the way it's been broken up and reassembled and everything else. Mm. But that is a very charged statement that we're running with because we love chaos in musical theater. Um, <laughs> what'd you say? That we sure do. <laughs> we and, sure and, do. And to me, who's very ignorant, and I'm more film TV, I would love to hear why is that charged? Is it? Is it? Uh, I know nothing. Pretend I know literally nothing. Oh like, well, like uh, one plus one equals four. You know. Well, what's crazy about like film and TV is like when I was doing film and TV in LA is like there's just so many of us. You throw a rock, you're hitting an actor. There's actors everywhere. Really? Theater is big. It is a huge billion dollar industry. But it is still a circle of the of familiar faces, mm. and it is very cliquish. So we pretend that we can go toe to toe with with our counterpart, which is like film and TV. But we're not. We are we are still the drama like theater club. <laughs> so you get to know people, and as it, it, it's it's a yin and yang. So like it's beautiful to know I can walk at an event. I'll see somebody I know. And then it's also wild to walk into an event some days and be like, did you hear about this fight? And it's like, oh yes, because we see each other all the time. Love that. Yeah, it's incestuous. Yeah, it's a a big old, you know, I feel like sometimes the New York film scene is like that too. You know, I'm New York based, but um, Mm -hmm. even, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's still massive and, and not everybody knows everybody's business, but um, there's, there's a level of safety in that too. It's like the community level of safety and knowing people, but until those people, you know, flip the switch and go kind of nuts on you, but you know, that's, (laughs) that's another story. Never mind. Anyway. Um, but Davon, Davon, yeah, please, please give us the background of this. I'm, I'm actually, I don't think I know either. So by I all know means, nothing. Please. Oh, so um, I got, so as I made the transition back into full time acting, I got this message from a guy named Joseph. Uh, he's our director, and he was like, "Hey, rep stage is closing. This is our final show after thirty years of service, and we're ending with falsettos. And I want you to play wizard." And I was like, "What is a falsetto? I don't know what this is. What? <laughs> it it must be fun. Is it a club? What are we doing?" Um, yeah. And then I went. I looked it up. Saw. Um, Funny the story. Script. It's not fun. <laughs> It's 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 the, not a comedy at all. No, in oh, the end shit. of all. <laughs> so what ends up happening in the show is that uh you're seeing the destruction of a Jewish family and it all comes from this guy being caught by his wife cheating with a man. And instead of being like, "Ooh, let me get my house in order," he tries to normalize it. 
and he tries to go, oh no, this is my lover and we're going to be a tight knit family and we're going to adjust to this change. And everyone's like, what the hell? And this is on the cusp of the coming crisis. Now we can say the crisis was HIV AIDS or we could say the crisis was, you know, Nancy Reagan. <laughs> so you mean, the, you mean the, the throat goat? Anyway, may she, may she never rest. Yeah, may she, whatever. May so you never bitch. have a day's luck with them. Yeah. We're dealing with that, with that kind of like level of what does it mean to be a family? And at the time the show came out, it was revolutionary. It was wild. Um, when they did the revival, we learned, oh, you know, some places are still not ready for this. And wow. to come back to my hometown of Maryland um, and to close out a show, like I haven't been back to Maryland to do a show since I left for college. So this has been like over 15. I'm not going to give the exact number, but it's been over 15. That's enough. It's been a like number. a little bit of time. A li- it's been a little yeah, bit, of, a little a lot of bit of time, a you know. Passage, a passage of time has occurred. When you are you saying? Because you know, honestly, I'm in. By the way, I'm in Nashville, everyone. Uh, that's why there's this hat on my head. Believe me, it, I'm trying. Um, okay. When you say Maryland, do you mean like the state? Do you mean like where in where in Maryland? We're doing it in Columbia, Maryland, at or, a rep my, stage. That's where my sister lives. I Literally. was born. I was born in Baltimore. So good morning, Baltimore. Oh my god! Yeah. Damn, wait, I'm gonna send my sister over to you. Oh, wait, time's out. Your sister has to see this. Sarah, what high school did you go to? So I went to, I grew up in, okay, so I was born in Beemore, and then I moved out west to to Western Maryland in middle school to a little town called Westminster, Maryland. Then I moved to, I ended up going to high school in Virginia. We moved around a lot. um, At Clover Hill High School. Um, And I, near, near VCU, near Richmond area, that's where I went to high school. But I grew up in Maryland, like majority of my life, uh, Baltimore and then Western Maryland. Uh, I love Maryland. It's you missed time. you missed the best part of growing up in Maryland. Well, Baltimore specifically is the high school. Like high school is what Baltimore is all oh, about. Yeah. Like I went to a place called Loyola Blakefield, which is if we're going to talk like rich, the school I think was 10,000 a year at the time that I was there. It was 10,000 a year. You had this huge college-like campus. We had one, two, three, four, five buildings, two football fields, a soccer field, lacrosse, wrestling, a sports complex with an Olympic-sized pool that was attached to the gym with multiple balls. Like, it was just, it was, I would go there and be like, this is the goal. This is Okay, campus. What in the 10 things I hate about you is this? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, truly. No, yeah, every not another teen movie moment. Um, well, all my cousins grew up in the city in Baltimore. I'm sure one of mm. them would know even more than I do. But I'm actually booked. I have a booking in Baltimore next <gasps> week in the Inner Harbor and they have me at the um near Camden Yards like in some hotel overlooking the harbor. I'm really excited. I love Baltimore. It's one of my favorite cities. It's, it's I love it. Cute. Um, real but cute. anyway, yeah. Anyway, Sorry. so con- controversy Sorry, tangent. controversy yeah. and you playing the role. Oh yeah, yeah. Contra- so so let's get to that. So yeah. one, um, I love your war paints, by the way. You're like giving right now. It's giving. we're doing rich shit, and the yeah. rich shit that I want to do is show you how I how I uh, moisturize with Listen. every product in my thing. So it's gonna be white. I'm gonna be doing a little bit of white face. My apologies love to it. both of you. It's um, fine. Not offended. It's fine. But it's by the good. end of this recording, it will have blended in. So anyone watching on mute, if you can only watch the video, at least you'll get a how-to. Right. Yeah, because they muted us for sure. Face. Yeah, they saw my hat and they were like, mute. They're like, no, we're done. We're done. Like, why is that girl with her little her weird horn shirt the only shirt that would even be okay here? And then my hat, like, who is she? We're done with this yeehaw, bitch. 
<laughs> Yeehaw your ass down the block, bitch. We can't. No, but I have a skincare uh, regimen that's like nine or, you know, because she's a woman of, you know, who's 18. So you don't have mm-hmm. to care now. Anyway, Absolutely. um, of course, as we anyway, do when we so turn why, 18. So, anyway, so why is this real controversial? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, best believe, I think between the three, Ed, Ed has to keep, Ed has to be the Whoopi Goldberg of this because we would just be like, I oh, do. Yeah, I, we'll I, yeah. like, Wait, okay, Whoopi guys, Goldberg, like, she's like, high. Like, <laughs> that's true. But she, Girl, is, the, she is the one turkey. that's like, she is the one that's like, guys, let's get back on track here. Okay, sorry. Usually I'm no, that it's girl, really but okay. it's I'm all good. It's all good. Today. We're bonding. We're, we're free form. It's bonding. Right. You it's because both know. of us know Ed. We're getting to know each other. Hey. Right. Yeah, I love, I love. I but yeah, to, it's all. I get to be the third wheel here. It's controversial for what it means. So like if we were to take it in the three circles, the closest circle is, I don't know how my family or this school that we just talked about, this high school, my middle school, I don't know how they'll take it. Cause it's like, oh, it's my homecoming show, but it's not dream girls. It's not like ragtime. It's, right. hey guys, so you're gonna come. I'm going to be the guy that wrecked a home and then I'm gonna die of AIDS. And this is the show. <laughs> and we're talking please, about love. Please enjoy. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yes, my Catholic Jesuit upbringing. Come on, I need you all to take this. But um, I'm excited for that. The second thing is like just the show itself in Columbia, Maryland, um, in the outskirts of Maryland or outskirts of any country. I mean, any state, you're going to be like, oh, Lord, here we go. Right. But this is a show that I think is really important to this community because, again, like we're all from from pronouns to just what words mean in general. The concept of everything we know is changing. And yeah. all of that goes back to family. Who is it, RuPaul? We get to choose our family. Is yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. everyone everyone's choosing their family and redefining what it means to be a family and i think i feel like we are right at the beginning of that conversation i think 20 years ago they thought they had it 20 years before that they thought they had it no we are really right. finally at a place where we can crack open what it means right. well be because family. because we change and because we mm-hmm. as individuals change of course the family dynamic is going to change and and falsettos is such a great show to kind of point to that because really if you want to talk about it in 2023 terms like that show was so far ahead of its time for even making yeah. a suggestion mm-hmm. that like a woman who married a man who has discovered that he's on the queer spectrum and is dating a man is like hey let's try and make this work as a family because there's a kid involved yes like, that's so 2023 to me but this show is like what 1979 1980 it was 19, well, it's set 1979, it's set 1981, right. but this was, I think this show hiccuped out before I was born and then really got wow. its run in the 90s. Yeah. I'm so fascinated I by love, this. This is also on Broadway HD. I believe you can watch the Andrew Reynolds version. It's on YouTube. It's is on, it on you. YouTube. Okay. It's Done. so good. I love this it's show. Really good. That's fantastic. Also, yeah. St- Stephanie J. Block's breaking down is just. <sighs> Well, you so could just good. stop right there. Stephanie J. Block, period. Period. <laughs> right. But that part- in this context of this particular show, like her version of I'm breaking down is just mm. uh Sarah, if you can get if you can find it Done. somewhere to watch, it is a masterclass on unraveling. It's so good. Ugh, and wow. So, and it not not just relatable content. Yeah. Not not just unraveling, but also comedic timing while unraveling. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. She's brilliant. She's entertaining while she unravels i live we love a multitasking queen so great done yeah there's and there's bananas and she's eating while it's happening it's a whole (laughs) she's juggling there's a fire breather yeah Yeah. okay great um so so devon when does when does this show open yeah tell us more deets 
previews April 27th. Um, it opens officially April 29th, and then we are wrapping it up and saying goodbye to Rep Stage May 14th, aka okay. Mother's Day. Oh, mother. Uh, how long was, was this like a, a theater that you like were doing things at in your youth? This is such a complicated situation in connection. So like they had someone, my very first acting teacher outside of like school, um, high school was a woman named Megan Anderson who performed at rep stage. Um, there's all these indirect connections to rep stage to where had I been working there, I think working with Joseph would have been inevitable. Like it, 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 it truly does feel like a homecoming. Um, mm rep stage i never got to oh well rep stage directly i never got to work with but even the place where we rehearsed when i was in high school i competed for like a scholarship there like i got money being in that space so like we've always crossed paths in such different ways and it's great to come into a community again where i was born and be like oh i guess i'm more part of this than i am so it's great to like it officially put myself into the legacy that is rep stage. It seems to like we've, and we've, we've discussed this on the podcast before that, like the more you genuinely are yourself, you kind of find your way back to places that you were before you find Always. your way to circles that really um, embrace you, but also maybe mm -hmm. challenge you um, being authentically you is being a, you know, a rich bitch. That's what, that's what comes along with it. It's like, you, yeah, you know what I you mean? Stop, so you stop giving a fuck. It's just like, you know, it's the idea of like personifying the version of you that already has like millions of dollars and walls full of Oscars and just being mm -hmm. like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Um, this is a revelation to me because when this podcast was pitched, it was my understanding that we were going to sit here and talk about superficial shit and uh, <laughs> not take anything seriously. And now you all are trying to get deep. I'm offended. Shut I know, it right? We it started when you put on the cream. It's it soaking, it was, it was, soaking into it was your all skin. Downhill, and... downhill from there. Well, you were giving us. <laughs> you were giving us. Do. You were giving us like war paint, and then you were giving us white face, and then you were giving us Tin Man, and then it turned into <laughs> King Triton, and it just had like so many different lives <laughs> within such a short period. Of time. And as the moisture sinks into your skin, so will we. So here we are. So, so will we. So so let's actually let's continue our catch up situation. Sarah, you have yeah. so much to catch us up on uh please I mean, give, yeah. us, give us some tea what's <laughs> going on i love how she feels i, I love being like oh i know uh, I no know. not at all oh, not at no. all not even mad not even a little bit mad. uh she's trying um she no she's not trying she's doing um you know what just like any of us in this room like we all work our butts off we all you know, we are too um period uh and you know one of my bookings brought me to tennessee uh, Nashville, Tinsley. And, um, I had a booking down here. I can't really talk about it or the, you know, or the brand or any of that, but I can say, um, I was in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, when I was in middle school briefly for six months, my family lived here. And then, you know, we were like, mm, see ya, uh, and, you know, moved, but it's really wild to be back here, you know, decades later, or maybe five years, we're not going to say age, but, you know, it is kind of, it's, it's been, um, it's been really cool and rewarding. And, um, you know, this booking, uh, is one of the, this month is crazy. And I think too, um, doing this podcast and also like continuing to manifest and, 
embrace that surrounding yourselves with good people, doing good work, um, self-love, self-care does result in a lot of really wonderful things and challenging things that you need to come to face with that leads you to where you are. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel like to sum up, I feel like, you know, this month is crazy. I'm in Nashville, then Baltimore, then back in New York for a photo shoot that I booked work. Love it. Then uh, uh, Austin, Texas. Um, yeah. And then I'll be in Chicago next month. So I'm just really as an on-screen baby boo-boo, I'm just thrilled to be booking and getting the gigs, but I have to say I owe it all to not just my reps, but like my friends and family and people who constantly support me and, you know, and our significant others and our cats and our, you know, <laughs> we are, we are, um, a kitty cat and, you know, just, uh, yeah, it's been really cool. Um, it's hot as F down here though. And I've been, you mm. know, out, out in these streets today and it's, it's wild. So, yeah. well, I mean, I think it's also, you know, yes, thank you to all those people, but you work your ass off and like, you I make do. a point to be visible. So like, of course mm. this is happening for you. Like, hello. It's also when you, you know, when you fire off a firework, people are going to look at it and like, yeah. you are a firework match. <laughs> Baby. <you're Yeah>. <laughs> Both that coming. Saw that. Yeah, right? he's yeah. so yeah, no, right? He he really set it up I and totally, I love that. I set it up. I really did. Well, I love um, you. I love you, Ed. You're the best. And I'm so glad to meet Devon today. And I think that this is really this has really been such a already such a great journey. And we haven't even released we've done a bunch nothing. I mean, we've done nothing. a lot. I mean, we've done a lot on the back end, but like, yeah. <laughs> we always nothing, do a lot on the back end. We, don't we? It's only the back end, baby. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so now we're gonna move to yeah, me. you, you, Ed. Tell us, you've you've had some really great things happen this week. I just this week like, alone. Um. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, Sarah and I were blessed to be able to oh. go to see Darren Hayes at mm. the town hall, lead singer of Savage Garden. Mm. Um, he VIP'd me in the DMs on Twitter. We've been talking for like a year. And he I didn't even know he was coming here. And he asked me if I was coming to any of his American shows. And I was like, you're coming to America? I didn't know because he's Australian. Yeah. And uh, I just like immediately he sent me the link and I went and bought tickets. And he gave me his personal email address and was like, email me two days before the show and I'll get you on the VIP. And we did. And we got to meet him and talk to him and like, do the sound check thing and hear about all the lore the savage garden lore and the yes. tour lore and all that mm. and the show was just i was just telling my parents because they are also big savage garden fans um same with mine yeah. epic epic timeless transcends time and music they were just incredible yeah so there he was, was wonderful he was, he was also wonderful su super nice and very engaging and obviously like cares a great deal about what he's done with his life and his new album homosexual is also really fun so Super 10 out good. of 10 go listen to it it's fun i'm um, sorry are you really gonna skip out on how you met darren and how you all were talking in the dms for quite a time <laughs> before you got like are we just gonna skip over that Feel it. i mean it's not even it, it's not even interesting like i followed him because i saw he popped up on like people you may know which why would i know him other than the fact that i was a, a 90s fangirl yes. and um, I followed him and like I don't know how much time went by and then he followed me back and I was like <gasps> oh my god and so then one day his entire Twitter feed was gone and I messaged him I was like hey are you okay like your whole account is gone so I'm just checking in for the sake of everyone's mental health whatever and that's kind of what started it and he just was like no we're cleansing the timeline because I'm releasing an album and whatever so oh. you know and that's kind of how it started and 
you know, it's it's not constant, but it's, you know, pockets here and there. And he's just a really nice, caring person. And, you know, and then we got to go see him in concert. And the full circle moment. Like, oh. I, just, I just said to my Full well, circle, seriously. Yes, I just said to my parents, if you would have told 1997 Edward that 2023 Edward would be hanging yes. out, like, in VIP with Darren Hayes... 1997 Edward would have backhanded me and be like, you're lying, bitch. <laughs> yeah. How dare you be yeah. so bold as to yeah. lie to this So that was, that was like a w- highlight of the week for sure. Um, mm. Sarah and I went together. It was just- We cried. Time. I mean, I cried. cried. Oh Two, my beds God. cried. Two beds in a coffee machine. Two beds in a coffee machine. So good. To the moon and back. I mean, hello. To the moon and back. Um, But then today, actually, I was thinking about this while it was happening. I was like, I have to talk about this tonight with Javon and Sarah. Because <laughs> I had <laughs> such a bougie day. Like, it was so bougie. I got my ass on Metro North at nine in the morning to go upstate to see my friend Jacob, who's now going to be my new personal trainer. I traveled. This was a six hour window of today. I got there at I left here at nine. My schedule time with him was 1130. I finished at 1230. I went back to the train. I got back to my apartment at three and I scheduled a massage with my friend Gregory. Absolutely. He, he came oh God, over yes. and r- like ruined my body to filth in a good way. Mm. <laughs> and um, I took a little crash nap before I ordered some tie. And now I'm here with you guys. Like I'm, if this could be my every weekend, I would be the happiest person in the world, but I'm over here. Like, th- like this is the rich bitch component. I'm over here spending money. Like I'm like, yes, the millions are in the bank. It's fine. I have a trainer. I have a personal massage person. How was the massa- How much is the massage? Better. It wasn't much. It was like a hundred for an hour. And I Ubered his ass That's up here from sh- what? I know, but I Ubered his ass up here from Queens. Cause he's like way out and in the middle mm. of moving. So it was $400. Just, Got it. Yeah. it was I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. Let me bring this microphone closer. There are things, Ed, in which we're trying to tell a story and you keep skipping the rich bitch components. For example, (laughs) when I heard I went and got a massage and body got wrecked, I went, oh man, what was it like going back home? No, he came to your place, wrecked your body, and then you just went to the bed. And then he left. Yes, I did went to the bed. I just like the the table was right next to the bed. I like semi-rolled over. Oh my god. With my little with my little Brita water water bottle thing. The thing is, I love getting massages. That's the worst part is when it's over, you have to go home and then it undoes everything that they just did. So I don't get massages. I don't get massages often, but when I do, they are in my apartment and I will pay the extra because I am not going to go home afterwards unless you are willing to house me there overnight. It's not happening. You're coming to my apartment. How old was he? He's my age. I know him from catering. You know him from catering? Yeah. We used to bartend together. Oh, what's he look like? He's cute. <laughs> He's um I won't I won't I share this. I won't share details on camera, but he is from Dynasty. Like you would recognize his last name. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> He's a lovely okay. man. I I adore him. He's he's in the creative field and we love and adore. See, this is what it? I'm saying. Surround yourself with creative, magical people. Where's his I girlfriend? Uh, he is a homosexual. See how we snuck that in there? See how yeah, you do no, that, I was Sarah? waiting for that. No, no, listen, listen. If you didn't do it with your big red cup sipping that tea, I would have done it. <laughs> I would have done it myself, but you had the cup ready. Right. Davon is very ready. good at silently reading people to filth without saying a word. <laughs> One of my favorite special it's skills just, in anyone. It's yeah. the uh, it's the eyes over the mug for me. Yeah, just the <laughs> eyes. Just like, 
what, what, what tea is that? What tea is that? Yeah, what um, it is a full disclosure. It is a Senna tea. Um, just because mm -hmm. it's every now and then I like to detox and I'm taking this weekend to just rejuvenate. Really, I also haven't been in my apartment for a minute. So I took this weekend. I left Maryland, came back up to New York, and I was just like, I'm just going to take this weekend and just sit in the studio and work some stuff out so that's yeah. what this weekend is about and i was like let's let's invite ed and sarah in yeah i uh, love that i love i that love story. i love that you thought of me that's so sweet um <laughs> how kind of you to how kind of you um ed though so you got massaged you got masseused for the gods and then you I rolled over yep. <laughs> and then you took it <laughs> he took an uber and i took a nap <laughs> mm. i love that which is how it should be every single time does he live far? Did you did he have to come from like a far? Yeah, like middle middle village. OMG. I don't even know where that is. It's on I the M either. train, apparently. Oh, I just know it's in the middle of a village somewhere. Yeah. But I mean between like, the, the Uber and the actual massage itself, it probably costs what like the average massage would cost anyway. So Damn. and I got to do it from the comfort of my own home with my air conditioner on. Priceless 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 they, these are rich bitch moves guys like i yeah. can't afford, i can't afford to do any of this but i'm doing it because i want to take <laughs> care of myself and be a happier person because a happier person makes more money yeah that's true and lives longer hopefully right and with money it doesn't matter how long you live yeah <laughs> <laughs> honestly what i can... have it i remember i remember i had a voice teacher a really long time ago where i just said something i I couldn't have been older than like 19 or 20 years old, but I said to him, I was like, I just want to be rich. And he's like, well, money's not going to make you happy. And no one in the arts gets rich. I was like, look, if I'm not going to be happy without money, I might as well be not happy with money. So yeah. Also, just, that's wrong. Pick one of those. <laughs> I agree. But this is that's so not, dumb. He was also not a very good voice teacher. And he was also kind <laughs> okay. Of, I mean, I'm sorry. Also kind of predatory. And then like he yeah sleeping with students situation but like you know at least they were of age keep that tea in the frame if i had some right now i'd be doing the same thing i need to get a cup this is um, again this is again davon's like read to filth eye eye contact of like it's wonderful it's i'm just actively listening right it's curiosity it's judgment it's all sorry go on go on Devon. i don't mean to cut you off what I love about podcasts like this is like, you know, my podcast, like the one that I used to have, because yeah. I am promising myself I'm not coming back to that. It was so investigative journalism. So I had to it pretend was. I had to be like serious and I had to like ask these follow up. Like I've gotten very good at like axing, axing. Mm, I've been in Baltimore again. Uh, axing. <laughs> you uh, have. <laughs> you have. <laughs> I've been very good at axing like, um, really good follow-up questions or just questions that lead to the what we're trying to get to how to get people comfortable but in situations like this i can just be myself which is goofy and it's always funny people who've watched that podcast meet me and they're like you're so goofy you're so silly you're so like and i'm like yes like when, I, when we're not talking about embezzlement like <laughs> we'll see yeah. this is such a good transition because like because sarah doesn't know so like i think this is a oh. good time to talk about the receipts <gasps> Like let's let's get the rundown of the receipts for Sarah, and then like like we'll we'll ask follow up questions. I will be doing the follow up questions so that you don't have to. <laughs> Sarah, you know how karma works, right? I absolutely do. Keep what that in give, mind. What you give is what you get returned. Um. So, yep. Boop. <laughs> here's karma. Here's karma in real time. So during the pandemic, I was like, "What the hell am I gonna do now?" And I was like, "You know what? 
I'm going to get to know my union more because before the pandemic started, I was doing a production of Oklahoma. I got hit by a Mack truck during the production and the theater gave me a faulty bike. So (laughs) the brakes didn't work and all that. The union did not follow through or help me the way they should have. So So during the pandemic, I was like, you know what I can do while I'm healing? I can like get to know the union. So let's join some groups. Let's do this. And there was an election taking place. How fun. Turns out that this guy was getting like rained upon because he had they had uncovered like racist tweets and suggestive tweets and they were trying to knock him out of running for a unpaid position at the equity building association. Um, Mm. Not a union, but an association. But um, they were they were uh, doing everything they could to knock this man out. And I was like, well, has anyone talked to him? And no one wanted to talk to him. Everyone was casting judgments. And I was like, what if I just did like a one-off interview as a troll? Like, let's get to know a racist and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing my whole like investigative journalism thing. And I had learned this from like years of doing speech and debate, uh, years of working over in Hong Kong, working over in other places. And I was like, I get to use these techniques and things that I've never really gotten to do because I'm an actor. What do I know? So the first episode, I'm talking to this guy we had we hadn't met we're on a zoom just like this and the conversation starts with me going like hello how are you and he goes how are you how's it going and i'm like what is this what is happening what i i can't eviscerate a man that sounds like this no so i'll just listen so i listened we had done some pre-interview stuff i had some follow-up questions and it turns out that he was a very flawed man to the surprise of no one but he was correct in the idea that he was being targeted. So I was like, well, let's let's keep going with this. So the second episode, I was like, what if we got a bunch of people who are dealing with like real issues? Because the issue I had is the people who were calling him a racist were like white women running for office who never asked the question of, well, what does what does real racism look like? How do we solve this issue? How do we turn this into an empowering moment for black people? Because I feel like in that election, black bodies were being used, but they weren't being taken care of. So we got Stephen Bungardis, who was the first wizard. He was the first wizard from Falsettos to, come on, to come on to the show. He was running for president and his job was to just listen. So we had people come on and person after person would come and tell their stories of how they were mistreated in the theater, in the world, in the realm of theater, how they were mis mishandled and how their black bodies weren't taken care of and then the idea was that steven would go back because if he lost which he ended up doing unfortunately um he would take that information back and hopefully something would become of it couple episodes later we start catching a little bit of momentum and we end breaking stories we learn about electioneering we get um the president at the time gabrielle carteris yes gabby uh, we got david the executive director to come white David White, but mm-hmm. he's black. And I'm just, right. Let me be clear. That was the twist. That, that was what? <laughs> also, he is not insanely that. dope. I'm obsessed with him. I love him. He's yeah. so smart. He's so tra- smart. He, he oh my God. If that that is who I want for equity, but they can't afford him. Like one yeah. of my union back after is doing great because of that kind of leadership. Mm-hmm. And equity, man. Ugh. 
just just pay the bill and let that man lead i let him uh i learned i like i when i got involved too he was yeah. he was the um executive ceo like executive director of the whole entire union and mm -hmm. to hear him for five years be just so unequivocally calm and rational but like so passionate and smart and just brilliant i'm i could listen to him talk for like eighty thousand hours just like listen so amazing Keep going. Sorry. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful episode. And they handled because, again, it was one of those who shot first because equity <laughs> was trying to do these film theater things. And SAG after was like, hey, honey, that's us. Like, literally, we have written out that if there's a microphone and a camera, it is us. What are you doing? Yeah, we negotiate the contracts. Our lawyers do that. That's how you got it. <laughs> that's like, how you got lot. it. Yeah. Right. But so um, equity with the audacity. <laughs> and the things like SAG after knew they were hurting. They turned a blind eye. They worked a deal with them. Yes, and then they did. Equity went for the kill. They were trying to like claim, they were trying to colonize. They were trying to, it was just craziness. But um, it, it ended. And then from there, I did a couple of specials. And then season two was all about, did the Cats National Tour suffer from embezzlement? Were these actors cheated the out most. of money? This was the most epic thing. Like, watch. I remember watching this in real time and just sitting at my desk being like, <laughs> like, everyone was collectively, like, clutching the pearls. And there were people in the comments that were like, Davon, hire security. You need to be protected. <laughs> like, everyone protect this man. Someone is going to come for him. <laughs> so, Sarah, this is how it happens. Remember, remember when I talked about karma before? Oh, yes. Originally, I just wanted to troll equity, equity a little bit, get a little bit of help, make a couple of funny jokes throw my ass in a club and call it a day. That was the goal. I had just moved to New York. I am very new, did not expect this amount of access. So when they first came to me being like, hey, we need your help. We think there's been embezzlement. I was like, oh, you should go to the cops. You should go to like an actual person who will help with this. And they were like, we can't because no one wants to touch it. And I was like, maybe they don't want to touch it because it's not a story. Maybe, maybe you're wrong, could possibly. So I was like, show me what you have. I'll look it over. It's three in the morning. I think I called dude back and I was like, is this real? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, no, seriously, have you given me fake documents? Is anything about this fake? And he was like, it's real. This happened to us. And I was like, I'm dedicating this entire season to you. So we got a bunch of people like actors and everyone. I was like, look, I this is what's happening. So bad right now. <laughs> Me too. I was like, we're going to form a story. We're going to try our best to tell this complicated story. And then the season finale, we are going to drop a bomb, which is this situation. We had plotted out stuff that was taking place. We had side things happening. For example, uh, the first episode, we just threw out that we're writing the Black Theater Matters bill, which was a whole bunch of issues that, that could be solved. We like authored it, we wrote it, we had a bunch of interviews, we got over 500 people to participate. Wow. And who got that fucking past Davon Williams? <laughs> Changed the entire <laughs> face of the industry single-handedly epic because you gave a shit and you got involved because Icon. you you exactly. asked the right questions well I, I wanted to run a campaign so i could go into season two talking about it i didn't expect to win like again it was a joke it was like literally it was me interviewing other people who were running and making fun of their background it was that like, like if you go to the election page it was me <laughs> trolling but people took it seriously but again there were people who would come on like yana mastecki came on and she was one of the new york times women who uh, spoke out against like a sexual predator. And I didn't expect that to be the interview. I cried. I was like, oh my, I, this is, 
this is serious. And the, like, yes, we're playing around with like actors egos and stuff like that. But there are people who are dealing with real life shit that the union needs to like step up and deal with. So it was a moment where I was like, oh, this is getting this is getting real. Yeah. Um, yeah covered that like the negro actors guild had an incredibly important part in building actors equity they had an important part in negotiating sag after sag's creation and all that history was wiped away mm. and we have found that equity ended up taking credit for some of their stuff um it was the negro actors guild that got the union their first black president um in fred and it was just it's just wild how like all that information was being covered up for some reason um well, so i mean i mean not to not to derail the conversation and i and i do, i want to go back to this for sure but like i am the least bit surprised especially after 20 the 2020 of it all and everything that happened there with like the black yeah. lives matter marches and all the the learning that was done on a personal level but also on a collective again i saw this video this tom hanks video today about like the tulsa massacre why is yes. that not taught because mm -hmm. the, it's not in the best interest of the common denominator. And so like hearing that equity is taking credit for this organization and are covering up the fact that it even existed and their hand in it, like also doesn't surprise me. I think maybe in 2020, if I would have heard that, I would have been like, but now I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Also, we're supposed to be, you know, artists, blah, blah, blah. We care. We care about people. We want to tell stories. Yeah, not all of them, huh? Apparently. Uh, yeah, you know? just, the, just the ones that suit the common denominator. Right. Anyway, sorry, Davon. Please continue. We had learned about um, there was an election passed when we had the whole 99-seat theater war in Los Angeles, as people like to call it, in which, like, actors... Actors in L.A., they don't take theater seriously, which is a problem in itself, but they would use this contract called the 99 seat theater agreement, which allowed them to be underpaid, which I was very much against. But some people, that was their way of making it into Hollywood. It was literally a launching pad, but they didn't realize they were devaluing a whole entire like mm. business, a side business, other business. So um, from there, I had learned that one of the people on council ended up bullying this Latina woman to where she wanted to kill herself. Like there, there were just things where I was like, these are her, this, this isn't, this isn't becoming fun anymore. This is almost becoming like a mission. We have to get these stories out. So um, that right. ended up happening. And then once I started breaking more stories, then came the angry white women who would just started attacking. And I was like, oh, there's, there's, there's smoke. There must be fire. This is getting really real. So we started rallying. People started coming to our defense, like Stephanie J. Block, also, <laughs> also from Falsettos. Mm. Um, and just mm. other people just started rallying around. I, I found myself in a meeting with Kelly O'Hara and like mm. um, Eaton Espinosa and KO, formerly like Karen Olivo, like all coming and being like, we are, we see what you're doing. We understand you are new. We understand you're putting your career on the line. We have your back. So by episode five, we are on fire. We got, we're, we're getting the people up. And then we do this special. Uh, we do a couple of specials. Like for example, there were regional contracts that weren't being approved. So we broke that story, told that story. And then the next week it got approved. Uh. So equity had a town <laughs> hall. I know, I don't even wanna. There were a lot of times I was like, oh look, a problem solved. And we're gonna pretend like it's just timing. It's but, just um, happened. <laughs> crazy so equity holds a town hall and we go you know what 
all of my shows were live, but we're going to do this immediately after the town hall and we're going to get live reactions. So we ended up getting live reactions from people who were past guests, delegates and stuff like that. And that's when we decided to break the news that this cat situation had taken place mm. and it blew up like fire people were watching past episodes and going oh my god he's been laying the breadcrumbs the entire time <laughs> like he he's known and it what was, changed it was the long game for me it was like oh i see <laughs> just just letting people lie just letting people lie to us for Ugh. like episode after episode letting people make statements and then knowing that we had the proof that they were lying so part of the issue is every show at equity has to be bonded and that means essentially you have they have to give a certain amount of money so in the event that the show runs out or something goes wrong the actors are paid yes that's the first issue now this is important because the entire union was built on the back of the idea that there are protections such as a bond now in the black book as they like to call it which is like the book of all the rules and things that they've created amendments and all that it was declared that every show had to be bonded. And what we found out is that this show was not bonded. Mm. There was already something backhanded taking place. I got a USB after interviewing uh, the companies and people involved, someone leaked the actual documents. And what we found was one, the show wasn't, bound, wasn't, wasn't bonded, but two, we found out that the show had recouped its money which meant that the actors were owed money. Three, we found out that equity had papers that matched this and did not do the math. The four, when I sent them the papers, I sent them the papers weeks early. They sent me a cease and desist saying, please don't share this story because it will have wider ramifications. Because now, if anyone cared, which is a whole nother story, every single agreement that is on that contract, which is known as the short, what is we'll call it CETA. We don't have to go through the whole education, sure. thing, but it's called CETA. Um, every contract, every show is now called into question. And that's show after show. It's so many shows. You name it, it was and probably on CETA be. at some point. And should be. So what yeah, what a domino effect. And also like, it just shows like what, not being just inept, but also allowing yourselves to be as a union be bullied continuously or not paying attention and being negligent at best what does that happen it hurts so many people well part of the issue is what we soon realized when we we're investigating this is that the call part of the issue was coming from inside the house mm. as in there were people working who knew this was happening and either they were turning a blind eye either they were unqualified or there are kickbacks taking place and that 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 third one was the scariest part for me because I, I had a tough time believing that someone who is not as heavy in the equity building or on governance was able to crack that open and not any of the counselors, not any of the workers, and not any of our financial gurus. I find that very hard to believe. So that was the big aha. And then once the show ended, the money that was owed just happened to show up and the actors ended up getting paid. And that was the moment I was like, and it's time to sunset this show. I'm ready to go back to acting. Wow. Yeah, it was epic to watch it, to watch that unfold live and like watch it all happen. 
I mean, literally, I know that there were people who were like genuinely afraid for your safety. And and to a degree, I mean, even after that was sunsetted, like I remember thinking, like, I hope he's okay. Like, haven't heard from Dave on in a while. <laughs> like is Good he, for you. has he been whacked and taken care of? Like, who knows? Because no, truly, it, it is though. it is scary because the people who sit at the top, they like it up there. The view is pretty. They don't want to come down. They don't want to get knocked down. And so doing anything that they can, and we see this across the board with people who are in the top echelons of whatever whatever the thing is you know they'll do whatever they need to to stay up there i think the hardest part for me it was never doing the show like i was never afraid afraid for my life like of course people get popped when you're like dealing with money and stuff like that but for me my biggest concern was always what would happen after um because people will let you ride for a little bit but will they let you have a career like again this is a very incestuous totally but you were proving them wrong (laughs) left right and center you've worked nonstop for the last year i mean it's it's been a blessing i'm excited to take it to the next level i'm ready to go and see what's next hopefully cross a broadway stage and get my ass back to like los angeles or like get back into film and tv as soon as i can because let's go a lot more peace there a lot more peace in commercial and film work i will tell you that yeah um let's talk but, but yeah, the, seriously. I mean, literally, you're in the exact right room you need to be for that. <laughs> <laughs> the other part of that was also like the mental toll of it. Oh, um, yeah. One, I thought like, well, what happens to, because the, the reoccurring thing I saw was that um, when you have people who don't work a lot, when you have people who are asking like, what what's my legacy going to be? Because they are starting to realize, oh, I'm not going to book. I'm not going to be known for my ability to handle text and sing like Stephanie J. Block. I'm not going to be able like, it was interesting who came to help me. Again, Kelly O'Hara, Laura Benanti, uh, KO, uh, Eaton Espinosa, like these legends came. The, the Mirandas at some point came out. I started working for them a little bit, just fiscally taking care of me. But these are the people who at this point have broken to a place where they, they're like banks, too big to fail. Like they could right. protect. I was fighting people who were denied those dreams, who didn't get to get that booking, who were not chosen. And when you have someone who is in a corner trying to figure out how they can justify going 20, 30 years of no job and stuff like that, and their legacy is counsel, and their legacy is tied up in a thing you're trying to like reposition. And when you say reposition, all they can hear is destroy. When you're hearing like, oh, we need more diversity, what they're hearing is, well, some of us have to leave in order for that to happen. You're going to get such poison. And at the time, even leading up to that episode, it was very toxic. There were times I I would hear people describe me and say awful things. And I'm like, you've never met me. (laughs) Like you've never, and I understand you're upset. I understand, I understand jealousy. I understand how all that works, but it's like, you've never met me. I got to work with some of the people who were like, passionately anti-Davon at the time. And they're the main people who were like, I didn't realize you were funny. I was so caught up in this and caught up in that that I never took time to go, wait, that's a human being putting himself on the line. Um, And what was also very tough for me was just like living with the stories that took place. Like I still think about Yana Mastecki and like the idea that she was a cautionary tale and the idea of she came forward in the New York Times, all these women came forward and nothing happened. That person continued to work to their death. And then when they died, their name was read in the room (laughs) as someone to honor. Um, I think about the fact that the convention, the equity convention ended in a walkout because people, 
it, because people showed themselves being racist. I've um, heard about this because we have our, con you know, SAG after yeah. has our convention. I was on the national board, I think at the time or the New York board, either one. And um, we had heard about this. Um, it was I mean, that's wild to me. I was at the center of it, honey. It was the oh, Black Theater God. Matters bill. <laughs> and then it got passed. <laughs> I gave I gave the speech of my life. I remember just being up. It was the mountaintop speech where I was just like, this has to end. And what shocked me is Kate Schindel turned around and said, oh, you're right. <laughs> like, we're going to shut it down. And I did yeah. not expect that. Because again, like, when you're coming so hard and she's at the top of the mountain as the president, you hear noise. You think, oh, God, who's attacking me now? And I think in all the fighting, I think she always thought I was anti-Kate, even though I voted for her against like Bogey. But like, I understood the position she was in because she was trying to balance. And again, it's her legacy. She, it was her baby. The convention was her thing that she pushed and it's, it unveiled so much. I think about like some of the stories, like it was a black woman who um, ended up being um, disabled, working a contract and was completely abandoned and not helped. Um, and has like, she could not, she cannot work again. Um, I think Ugh. about, there were cut, there were so many stories that even to this day, it's just like, I need to figure out how to release this. You ever read the book, The Giver? Yes. Oh my God, it's one of my favorites. It's on my bookshelf. Yes. It's that. And like, I think Oprah spoke of it once and people who do those kind of interviews were like, people are putting their trauma on you and you're digging in it. So not only are you reactivating them, but you're, um, you're also just like taking that on and like having that moment in real time. And I remember um, even the final episode where we do the whole cats thing, I got a message from someone being like, hey, I used to work at Equity. I'm an actor and I want to talk to you about like what took place. And I was like, on the show, I didn't vet you. What are you talking about? So he tells the story and I'm like, you know what? We'll do it. We'll see what happens. And on the show, he talks about how like he stood up for someone, he was abused and he was completely targeted after that. And I remember even in the in the mentions, like you were saying, people were like, protect Drew at all costs, protect Drew at all costs, because he was out there telling his truth and he never got a chance to have a platform to say, hey, this happened to me. Um, and the story that I think sticks with me the most, I ended up like putting it in the When the Lights Are Bright book. Um, one of the people who were one of my sources uh, when I started doing things uh, within equity and was like leaking things to me, she was very, they were very passionate at the time that I have an escape plan. And I was like, why? And she revealed, they revealed, she, they, they, she, they, he, he. There's all types of pronouns going on. But um, there was a pronoun shift. There's a whole personal life that takes place there. But that yeah. person was sexually assaulted by someone who sits on council. And when I, from behind the scenes, told that story, and again, there were other things in council, like there was a woman who had called a guy who's currently on Broadway now, the N word when they were working on a contract together. And even then it was almost like nothing would happen to that. And sadly with all these side stories, the, the eyes were put on them, the stories were told. And the most horrifying thing is nothing happened. We were all outraged, we were all shocked, but the way the system was worked, it's still in a union, protects the person in power and that gross. to me was what? gross gross disgusting yeah. vile fucking gross and disgusting and vile Absolutely. so i realized i had to leave i was like yeah this is we did two seasons we got it we hit some crazy numbers we, i remember people were coming for sponsorship like mj the musical and a couple of other ones were like what do you need we're ready and i'm like <laughs> 
No. I'm done. I'm done. That this You're is like, emotional. Tour. Not a damn thing. That's yeah. what I need. I well, need and, a vacation. And in, in in the spirit of getting to know Davon Holy as a rich bitch and all that, um, mm-hmm. let us let us kind of like talk about the Black Theater Matters bill a little bit. Like, what was what was in that? Like, and by rich bitch, I mean like influential, changing the things. And, yeah, like, doing iconic shit. Uh, not just um, yeah, not just financially rich, but like enriching yeah, like, our art and rich being rich by the community that we build and yeah, rich well, by and, the. And I think everything. like such a great like, I. I know Davon because of this period of time. And it's so funny to me that you say like at that point you had just moved to New York. I'm like, I had assumed that you had just <laughs> been there <laughs> and somehow you were just not on my radar, which happens, you know, like it's a small community, but it's not that small, you know? So um, it's, it's amazing to me that you were able to take like basically two situations and become like a theater household name within the community because everybody knows who you are now because of this and and the black theater matters bill is a huge reason for that um so like talk to us about like how that came how that came about what's in it how that has changed the industry if it has changed the industry if you feel like there has been change because of it like i would love to hear like from you oh my god um so before i moved to new york i was living in uh hong kong and my home base was Los Angeles. And my agent was like, okay, New York, if ever there was a time, it's right now. What's the worst that can happen? I was like, let's do it. So I kept my money over in uh, Hong Kong. I uh, had all my stuff still in Los Angeles. I moved over and the panini happened. The panini hit. That's the uh, worst thing that could happen. That's the Covidia. answer. Covidia. Covidia. Yeah. She's here. <laughs> exactly. What's the worst that could happen? Next on the stage, well... Covidia. <laughs> So I said, okay, this is new. And what I had learned is that like- <laughs> This is new. This is new. <laughs> this global <laughs> viral contagion. Pandemia. <laughs> this is new. <laughs> Pandyland. Pandy. So what was really, this was this was a huge awakening for me in three folds. Um, number one, um, I have been very blessed in my career where I worked hard in the beginning and I coasted. That's what. That's my whole thing. Like work, work, work. Three month hustle, book and go. Even now, like um, I had auditioned once in 2021. I auditioned several times, but I auditioned, booked this job, booked another job, booked another, and then from there it was referral. So I've been riding the wave all the way up to this point of falsetto. So I'll do a bunch of like, this is what's happening. Look at this and just coast off of reputation. I did that a lot in Philadelphia. I did that in Los Angeles. Um, and it got me where I needed to go. Cause I'm, as much as I enjoy this business, I am an introvert and I would, lo- I would love to make it through my entire career where I can go to the club and that's Lambda and I can wear booty out prints, pants, throw it in a circle, go to sleep, not wake up the next day and see myself all over the internet or anything like that being like actor Davon Williams like if I can coast <laughs> to where I can make enough money to where I can pay again paid off my student loans and that was like a hundred thousand something dollars like aye, aye, aye. off of a theater degree so like yeah. I'm doing well on that but I don't want to cross the threshold of fully commercial like I I I'm there I, I I'll even accept oh that's the owl oh, oh that's the actor that always looks familiar that's not name all the other actors well um, that means you're working yeah like he looks yeah. familiar i've seen him in every great 
Take the that, residuals and you. Yeah. That's the bar. If I can get that, that is the sweet spot. So um I'm You want your autonomy. You want your autonomy. Yes, that's it. Um, what is it? I would always this is really funny now, but um when I was working over in Hong Kong, this is the second part of the story. Uh, when I was working in Hong Kong, um, the Freddie Gray situation had taken place in Baltimore and I had ghost wrote for a couple of people. So what would happen is I'd get an email because we were essentially night and day. I'm on the other side of the country. I would get an email being like, hey, we have this. We have a deadline. Can you meet this deadline? I know you're performing over there. I would sit down. I would write out a speech. I would send it. They would wake up. It would be there. So it was a great little cycle of, of getting activists to speak and not have to like do all the work themselves. And I was able to like set up a system and pay for like get paid for that. At the same time, Occupy Hong Kong was taking place. Oh my gosh now you're dealing with the chinese government and at the time i didn't realize how high the stakes were until i left and i said oh my god i could have went to like i could be in chinese jail getting my like mm-hmm. body taken um this rich bitch body but <laughs> so you got it you get it you understood the assignment you got, got it, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. she ran with it she got yeah. so then from there um i did all this activism stuff but i i was never the face of it Mm, and I, fe- mm-hmm. I remember when Trayvon took place, I always felt that way of like, I'm performing, but what am I doing? Like, I want to do these wonderful things and get people to think about things, but am I really doing enough? Um, so when the pandemic hit, uh, I was like, well, all of my money is overseas. All of my stuff is in Los Angeles or, or spread out somewhere else. So I have to get back to basics. And the question was, did I have it anymore without my rich bitch, bitch accessories? Like even now I get made fun of in rehearsal because I'll come with a bag of just shit, a stretcher, a voice box mat, like tea, tea bag. I just have it. <laughs> I am Inspector Gadget. I am Batman with the Mary belt. Poppins, Mary. Mary Poppins coming out with shit. But it, again, I was stripped back to my basics. And the question was, do I still have it? And what do I want to have it in? So we're stuck. None of us can really do anything. Some people were reading. Some people were eating, watching Netflix, which I wish I did. <laughs> Looking back on it, um, I wish I I wish I knew within that I already had all these things because then I wouldn't have done any of this. But at the time, I was like, well, am I doing enough? George Floyd just happened. And what? why, why can't I be the face of something? So I chose to be the face of that. Yeah. Um, And that's essentially what took place. It was just a meeting of like all that work I had just done, everything had been stripped away from me. And I was just looking to see like, if I had the internal richness of a bitch, you know? Right. Hello. uh, Yes. Velvety richness. Yeah. No, I think that like, honestly, it was like your calling. Like you were, it's like you were, it's, it's right place, right time, right mindset, you know, everything that you had built in your entire life kind of brought you to this, like, within the pandemia of it all brought you to this moment. Um, and I think that's really great that you kind of just ran with the flow. You know what I mean? You like went with it. Like you well, saw that. And you, also because of that, because of that, like you, people know who Changed you are and, and you're like running on a reputation in a different way than before. And, and that's not to say that if any of that wouldn't have happened, you wouldn't be working in the same capacity anyway. It would just look different. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so like, I'm, I'm curious to kind of like touch back on like how you think from your perspective, like having the Black Theater Matters bill passed, 
are you seeing like tangible change? So that brings us to part three. So what I had learned in all this is that, oh, I am qualified. I'm qualified. So, so what can I possibly do in this position of power? So when like Gabrielle Carteris was there, we would have these moments where I would talk to people before the show and after the show. So it would be time just for us to like chat and get to know each other. Um, Cause again, I wanted to be very clear with all my guests that like, yes, we are doing a show. I am going to ask questions. I'm going to try and make it fun as I can, but we're dealing with real shit, but also know you're dealing with a clown. And if you get lost, I'm going to get you back on. If you want to take the steam out a little bit, I'll take it with you. You're dealing with, in a discovery to myself, a personality. Like, we got this. You're fine. It is nothing safer. Let's go. And that's how I was blessed to get all those guests. But in doing it, I would interview people off camera, on camera, and I got into 500 people. And just looking over my interview notes, I was like, there's policy here. And I know how to write policy. Let's do it. So I wrote it up. We would do these revisions. I'd have these meeting greets. I would have these moments. I would try and get certain sections and stuff done. And we presented this bill. Um, the first one dealt with, um, I think the very last one. Let's go back. I Honestly, I forget the order. Um, it's been so long. But I remember it's, it, we ended up with 10 articles because there were things we negotiated away. Like um, there was something for international artists, but there was someone so passionate about doing that that I was like, oh, that's going to get passed. Let's do that. Um, there was stuff for caregiving because personally um, caregiving is becoming part of my family's life as we're dealing with like someone with dementia and things of the like Mm -hmm. so this was something close and we had to like shelve that so we had these 10 articles that we knew we could get past one being about education in which we backdoored some of the articles so other people would present them in the event that they did not pass um the first one was creating a new um history and restoration and their job with that the job of that committee was to sit there and figure out okay what's the actual history of equity how do we highlight it how do we apply for grants and fellowships so that maybe i'm sorry just grants where uh, essentially we can maybe bring dues down based on our history alone which the committee was created but again you have to have people in the system who will follow through on that and that requires work and when it comes to work everyone isn't really there to to do the work as much as they are to be seen and that's part of the issue with our union um unlike sag after where like you have a good amount of people who kind of you get you get some you know sir oh, you got some listen <laughs> i've had 16 hour sessions with some people and um you're just like hey honey i know i know you want to talk but let's make some change. Let's, let's actually make some policy happen. And it, 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 you're right. There's a lot of people that maybe don't want to put in the work, but they just want to be heard. Yes. Um, and, and the thing is we're only as strong, especially as unions, as our collective. That's why it's called collective bargaining. That's why it's yes. always about like us as a whole, which it should be. But when you have somebody here that is not there to put in the work or isn't backing what we've been working on for hours and hours, it can really derail something and also really slow it down. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Um, so you're absolutely, I mean, I, this is really like, um, hitting me in a lot of ways because, um, you know, I love hearing about your involvement in the union because it's like, I think I've, my first board meeting was like 2017, 2016. And, um, here we are now. And, uh, now that I've been around the block a while, it was just like, this is really hitting me on all sectors about this is the process. And, and SAC after has, does have its messy processes, but like you're saying, we seem to get it together when there when there needs to some 
have something to get together. Um, mm. And we also have the funding to, you know, to be given, to be really, to be real, to be honest. That's the real, real. That's the real, real. real. <laughs> That's the real. Cause like we have two, these are two of the same quote unquote art form, but they're very different in scope. They're very different in the way people ingest them. They're very different in how we create. Yes. They are stories being told. They're done by artists, actors of all types and sorts. Um, but unfortunately for theater, like the, the back end, we keep talking about it. the money, the back end, everything else, it's, it's a lot easier for something to be in celluloid on yes. film and live forever and still recoup things and be seen than it is for something that's live. And so, um, for you to get in there, especially as a, as a newbie person, you're not because you've lived your whole life doing theater, but as a new person inside of this um societal this this whole thing this weird whole guild this weird guildness <laughs> of it the guildness of it all yeah um the guild of radner um then you got in it and look at what you were able to do and change because of your fresh eyes because of your viewpoint because of you knowing that there there's something lacking here and i think that's what we need constantly just as union just as the country needs to be shaken up unions need to be shaken up so it sounds like you were you were there for that well the the cost is very high so for like example another article was essentially just getting the people who have passed away acknowledged so this is what we had discovered in some of our work after five cycles of not paying your dues everything that you've done within the union is deleted you do not exist that's what we had discovered yeah as in like you could be working for 40 years straight not pay for five cycles you get deleted which means in death you do not get acknowledged unless you are a celebrity that can get a lot of likes and retweets disgusting so in Classist. the build, what we were able to do was create an in memoriam in which every month everyone come on zoom they come in and then they essentially talk about someone who has passed and have a moment to share that within a group of people who are also sitting shiva Falsettos. Um, no, no, there's no sitting Shiva. I'm just half Jewish in that show. So I have to use okay. I have to use the words of my culture. Work. We love. We love it. She's gone method. She's gone full on. Oh, say shalom. No, I'm wow, that's work. also not in. I'm, I'm I don't know anything such a poser. Jewish. I might look like I might be. Sometimes I get auditions. They're like, hey, girl, we need you to say this in Hebrew. I'm like, Penny, she's from she's Presbyterian from the South. She's I don't know any South, of it. I don't even know anything about any of this. Like teach anyway. me bagel schmear. That's a call to our current president, Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher. <laughs> yeah, Fran. <laughs> yeah. Board meetings are a hoot. Anyway, keep going. I love, love her. It. I love yeah, her. Yeah, Same. she's the nanny. It's the nanny, like the, the nanny. nanny. Yeah. And the musical The Nanny is coming. Oh, I'm so excited. I wear this purple. Um, Did you not pant- know this, Tavon? Like no, based not- on the show? Yes. And I believe she's involved also. She's very much involved. That's why she yeah. was in New York when we were doing some meetings. She was like, I'm going to stop by. Uh. And I was like, <laughs> The Nanny. Is it cast or are they developing? Where are they in the process? I think it's a development right now. Yeah, I think it's de- in dev, but I, it might be further along than that. But I, I I know it's been in the mix for a while and she is hands on as she should be. Yeah. She was the well, producer of The Nanny too. Like she didn't also- just, she wasn't just like, I'm an actor in it. She's producing. She did it all. Didn't she have a hand in writing it too? Yes, and directing. She, like that's episodes. like her show. It's like hers. It's basically Fran Drescher, the show, aka the nanny. The nanny, right? Adjacent. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. the other, based the on the novel Pushed saw... by Sapphire. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my um, god. 
no, I don't want to derail this too much, but I also just saw that officially, and I've been praying for this forever, that Death Becomes Her is also being adapted. <gasps> that I did know. I didn't know that one. I and didn't I know it. it. I love that film so hard. I just so did a scene from wait. that. Um, I was playing Meryl Streep's character, and uh, it was really where the woman who gives her the eternal yes. life. Now, um, a warning. Yeah, a warning. Yeah, and I was doing that scene for the International Acting Studio, aka my publicist, Adam Davenport. Love, love. you. Um, and just did it with a the scene partner in Croatia, and it was freaking awesome. But anyway, my point is, I didn't know anything about that show. I feel ashamed. I mean, the movie. I feel so ashamed. And now that it's, uh, but I finally watched it. Obsessed. And now it. that it's coming to broad Broadway, I can't. So. I hope yeah. it is. I mean, it's still, I believe, in development. The rights have been acquired, and I think they're talking cast. But. Mm-hmm. Oh Oh yeah, God. I have a purple um, pantsuit from Rodea Drive that a former president of AFTRA gave me. It's from 1984, and I wear it, and it fits like a glove, and I wore it to my first board meeting with Fran Drescher because I was like, only you will get what I'm doing right now. It's a purple, <laughs> it's a purple business suit. We love. $2,500 from 1984. Let's go. Anyway, yes, sorry. We love, love Fran. It. But yes, part him. three. So yes, it needs you need money to make change. Unfortunately, it, co- it costs. It's it's um you know. You all have deal. to get Fran Drescher. I just want to be crystal clear. Okay. If this podcast continues, which it seems like you all have everything you need to make it happen. Absolutely. You need to get Fran Drescher. Done. Sarah, make Manifesting. it happen. Okay. Make it Let's happen. Go. Let's go. Babe. Listen to the. Band. I will give you. <laughs> you know, Pam, your communications person. That's what she's yeah, about I love right now. Pam. Okay, Pam Greenwald is my boo-boo kitty, and she literally is the one who got me my um, – I did I did a, a talk for um, the SAG Foundation, actually for the PTEOE, Present Task Force at Education, Outreach and Education. And um, they – I did a pitching um, talk. Um, it's right on – it's on the it's on the special YouTube channel now. Um, and guess what they titled it? And I know Pam had Epic. a hand in this. Epic. The pitch is back. And it was my face, and I was like, oh. And it was in purple, and I was wearing like this – purple mock neck from again 1984 vintage and they put it up there and I and I did my pitches back talk and I was talking about pitching and and what you need to do to get your thing sold it's literally just a, it's what I've done and I wanted everyone to know about it. I want to I want to empower our members and anyone with an idea to get their story bought to get it shown to the world and so I did a talk on that and it was Pam Greenwald who really pushed that so I love Pam shout out to Pam yeah live and free on YouTube Yep, live and free. It's called The Pitch is Back. Oh my God. She's there. so good. This is why I know you. I watched (gasps) you. That's, that's, I was like, she looks so familiar. I watched you. You're literally still in my like history browser. I watched you. I watched you in February. Happy Black History Month, Sarah. I know. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month. Can you believe? Sarah, you're iconic. You are. I didn't even know you watched it. That's so awesome. You were on the screen. I totally watched those videos. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're wonderful. And they get so much. And I had so many people reach out to me from that. And I'm just. All I wanted from that was to give people. Like make people feel empowered to get their stories out. Because it's the people listening to that. Who feel like that they don't they don't have the means or like the ability to to create or get it out there it's not not real it's not true let's make let's get it out let's get your ideas there let's make your let's make your story told yeah sorry god 
what is your hair? Is your hair normally like it is in this picture and in the presentation? Or is yeah. it what? Okay, so this is your normal. So this no, is no, no, everything is okay. So my hair goes to the wind. So uh, essentially, whatever climate epic, we're in, that's hair. what my hair is. I, I've never done anything <laughs> to my hair. This is me working all day out in and you know heat. And what you see on the podcast, that's literally just I took a shower and then uh, came on. I mean the uh, pitch thing. So it, it, you're just seeing what my hair is. I don't do anything to it, like at all. That's I'm sorry. It's 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 playing right now. I'm just, I'm queuing it back up because I was just okay. like, wait a minute, this is the same person. Okay, mm-hmm. boom. Oh my yeah. God. That's so wild. You watched that. I watch the SAG after videos like no one. I I watch those. I watch those like people watch TED Talks. I'm like, oh, this is great. Because they they are so incredible. I watch them too. And, um, you know, that's my, I think that's my third one I've done. Um, That's the only one that I've done solo. I did one about with my co-producing partner, Lindsay Elizabeth Hand. Hey, girl. Um, And I did one in deep lockdown. uh, Me and my boobo Dorian, my best friend. We are, we are also content creators and um, he's Afro-Caribbean and I'm, you know, a female and we have a gaming series like stream that we did that we started to make money off of over COVID. And it was so weird how that was just so crazy. Like we were like, wait, what? And they're like, whoa, you guys playing video games? Like, yeah, it's just not a white dude. Like, it's not that crazy, <laughs> but it was like so wild. And so like after it had us do a together talk as well, but this was the first time I got to create the entire syllabus because it was just me. Um, mm. And it just felt so wonderful to just talk about, get your ideas out there, y'all, like get them out there. We need to hear them and how to organize it. It's not as daunting as anyone uh, makes it. Well, and I and hate also, that. Also not as expensive either. We, no. talked about, we talked about this last time. People are shooting film on their phone. Yes. Yeah. And like yes. figuring figuring out as long as your sound doesn't sound like later. a toaster or an echo chamber, you're good. Right. Just well, ma- please make your sound be good. Or I don't remember you. if I told you this. There was a production company that I follow on uh, Instagram that I was like, oh my god, I love their concept. Like, so cool. Love what you're doing. Very forward thinking. We love. And then I went and like watched one of their newest things, and like you could, I mean, like you know any anyone could probably hear this but like having worked on sets and whatnot like you the boom mic was here mm. and the actor that was over there wasn't mic'd and it sounded like you were talking to me from a hundred miles away and i was like i am scratching you off the list of people i can work with this is terrible See, if you're that's not, not sound is the number one thing that you have to spend money on Aside of everything else, like if you're going to spend no dollars on anything else, spend it on sound. Because if I can't hear you, it doesn't yeah. matter what you look like. And crafty, like take yeah, care crafty. of your crafty, of course. <laughs> Come on. But like, but like you can, you can fuck with the picture as much as you want later and later. Like mm-hmm. just color correction and filters and everything. Like do whatever. But like, if I can't hear you, you can't fix that later. No. And, and, and we psychologically actually tune out when something is bad um, sounding quality. It's not that yeah. it, this isn't a dig at money though, because this is not costly to have good sound. No. You can buy a $40 mic. Literally. I mean, that I take on my travels. That's a snowball, and right? That's you, right? That's it's what I started snowball. with. Snowball. Exactly. Because yeah. I have my nice, I have my um studio space back in New York, but this is my, yep. Look at that little thing. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Look at TikTok this, uh, realness. Yeah. This, this was a package of two for like $20 on Amazon. Yeah. They're and, not and you sound good. They're not this, but like, no. you know, they, they're good enough that you can pass it if you need to. I think the problem is, is that, and let me just say this again, it's not about, money and it's not about red tape or whatever it's just about quality meaning do you give a shit enough when you're making your thing that's really it just give a shit that's all we're asking just tell your story but also care that we can hear it and care that we 
you know, we took the time to tell the story that is, you know, the people can see. That's well, it. Just give a shit. I mean, that's really it. It's also baffling to me that people would put something like that out there if it's not like a thousand percent good. Yes. Like I would be, I would be crawling out of my skin if I put something out there that was not like exactly what I wanted it to be. And, th- and I know this for a fact because the first time that I self-published my book, well, the only time I self-published my book, but when it first came out the first time and I self-published it, I hid that thing in a hole because I was so like, this is not what I wanted it to be. Things happened with saving the manuscript and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. things overlapped and it was not okay. And I hid it. And I, it just like, I was uncomfortable with that book for five years. Make something you're proud of, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Make something sure. you're proud of. Of course, of course there's going to be, yes. Exactly. The original and- writing the D with Dr. Seeds, um, <laughs> my show that got on Amazon, the original writing the D with Dr. Seeds was, you oh. know, taken from the train but it looked great it sounded great and it was like color correct you know what i mean but we knew i knew that it wasn't like amadeus and i'm totally not saying it It has to be perfect no no no, i'm just saying you have to feel good about it no no i'm saying to people listening because everyone well then they see her like if it wasn't perfect i wouldn't put it out there then people go oh people are we need to well, but, I, but I didn't say perfect I don't think I said like for me like I wouldn't put anything right. out that I wasn't a thousand percent behind sure uh, no absolutely and you of course like, perfection is like to me at least on a spectrum like there's mm-hmm. different levels of what perfect means for everyone I see perfection and flaws or what is perfect oh, yeah. flaws because it makes it real it makes it interesting so like I don't want to make it sound like there isn't a single flaw in my book but it is something that I'm so proud of now. oh yeah that I have like invested the time and the money and the resources and the team and the people and the, and the things, everything, all the other shit behind it that I can now hold it and be like, this is my fucking book. Whereas instead it's like, Oh yeah, I have a book. I wrote a book. And well, let's I- get into this y'all. Let's get into this. Let's do it. There are three people sitting on something that has been manifested. We are currently talking to each other on a show that has been manifested. You thought it, you built it, you created it, we're having this moment right now. Correct. What I found very interesting about sag After versus Equity is that people who sit on council there most likely have produced, they have created. And I think an important part of progress is having people who know how to build. And that, that to me, even in this moment, when it comes to careers and people who survive and thrive in this business, I think something that we don't talk about enough is the audacity to follow through. The audacity. The audacity. Um, it's our production company. That's name. our production company. <laughs> Literally. The audacity. The audacity. The audacity. But it is, but you're 100% have it. correct. Because we have and, the audacity. I, will, I, have been, I have said this on interviews. I will say this until the day that I die. Davon, you might even know this, but they're in the Bonnie and Clyde musical that Frank Wildhorn wrote ages and ages ago. I'm a huge fan. The score is gorgeous. I got to do it in 2015. 15? 15, yes. Um, and there's a line, I was not Clyde, I was the other guy, but um, there's a line that Clyde and Bonnie have together where she's basically like, oh, well, you know, what do you do and leave in town? And he's like, I have dreams. And she's like, everybody has dreams. And he goes, yeah everybody's got dreams but i've got plans and i remember the first read through of that i like threw my script i was like 
because that's that's the difference and that's what you're talking about with like the audacity to like do the thing and follow through it's everyone has dreams everyone's like oh i want to write a script or oh i want to produce this and the next thing it's like okay well then go do it and work on it that's the follow-through that's the plans that's the part that matters you know and sarah and i you've you and i've talked about this before where it's like you know manifestation like people can sit around and be like oh my god i want a million dollars and just like expect it to fall out of the sky like no you have to like go work for it and that i think is the perceived online missing piece of what manifestation is is that you actually have to take action to get it yeah you're not um you're not owed anything no. and other to than me, what like, you follow through with and declare. There's nothing really just that's going to, I don't know. There's like, there's, what is that called? Um, It's like, ne- it's Nepo baby, but it's not. It's um literally. Privilege. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's not, I mean, yes, privilege highly exists in our industry, but I think what the issue is, is a collective, you know, you can't just assume I am owed this. I am. This is yeah. It's the entitlement, and it's that's it. The assumption that, like, of course, it's going to happen, and like, I have the of course it's going to happen too. But it's because I know that I'm going to show up for the thing and make it happen. And I was so against the whole like manifestation thing because it felt very much like, oh, if I just sit here and chant for two hours, like something will happen. And like because I didn't know, I didn't know. And <laughs> you didn't fa- know, you didn't know. It can't happens. be faulted for what I didn't know. But um, but like now it to me, that is just a means to focus you to where you're going instead of being all over the place, which I was for years, and being able to like say once the book is done, it's gonna do this, and then it's this, and then it's this, and then it's this, and having that tunnel vision like down the line of of knowing where you're at now and seeing exactly where you're going to go and how everything over here is a distraction and it and knowing matter. who you are mm. yes that's and too. knowing who you are <laughs> while you do it because if yeah. you don't know who you are you have no idea what's going on which is a whole different episode in and of itself <laughs> to be honest well all, when y'all get there always remember part of the trap is that like people go oh once i figure out who i am i have to lock and it's like, no, no there, there's a such thing as evolution. There's growth. Because if you're not growing, you are dead, which is a whole nother. Like, that is a whole nother. So when y'all do that episode, just yeah. we'll have to it, send we it my way. We literally are a new human being biologically every seven, seven years. Our cells yes. have regenerated and changed. We are not the same person. Right. Think I of who you were seven like years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. I was married. Who was I? Oh, I was God. a different. I was my life, even though I always was like, uh-uh, it's for me. I'm doing my thing. Still, when you're with people or you're surrounded by people that aren't on that wavelength, or even if they're not actively pushing down, it's like you have to find like-mindedness energy. You have to find yes. you have to find that. And like shedding like an, an old life is nothing to be. It, it's just growth. It's just it's learning. Growth. It's just perspective. You know, um, I think, and also I think too, um, not to say that everyone needs a tragedy, but a lot of us have been through a lot of things. Um, some things we, people know publicly, some people know just because of who we are. Some mm-hmm. people just know because of our gender, ethnicity, uh, where we come from, uh, health battles we've had, people we've lost, uh, everything. When you go through real, real stuff and you come out the other side, it's, it's amazing who you become. It's amazing when you, when you truly center yourself and surround yourself with the right people, but also know who you are and introspective. 
reflecting on that, you just take off. I mean, my show got on Amazon in 2020 because I shed that old life. All these things happen because I shed, uh, you know, I just feel like everything started to really kick off, even though I was always trying, always pushing forward. But mm-hmm. even then, don't let anyone blot your energy either. Keep people around you that that enable you and um in the right way, but hold you accountable. You know, you're right. You're one hundred percent right. Yeah. Um. That's oh God, rich bitches talk about rich Ugh, shit. I'm rich. living. Uh, our dreams. This is how we're yeah. living our lives now, Dave. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. Just having that real talk, that real, real. Um. God, where were you seven years ago, Ed? Where was I seven years ago? Oh, fuck me. Um, I, let me think. I was do it was the, it was one of the busiest years of my life. And I was so proud of that year. There was some shit that went down in the, uh, underbelly of that year that I was not happy with, but mostly having to do with the predatory artistic directors. Um, <laughs> is that um, today's theme? It's today's <sighs> theme. <laughs> See, this is how it happens. This is how the receipts happens. This is how it happens. No, I know. And and it's it's whatever. Um anyway. So anyway, I I did a very amazing body of work that year. I went back to back doing um Seven Brides, Bonnie and Clyde into the Woods, 42nd Street, back to back. And starred in all of them. And I was so proud of my self and the body of work that I did especially wrapping that year up in a bow with 42nd street which is was like the full circle list of all full circle moments it was the first show I ever saw on Broadway like it was a whole thing and so being Julian was like exactly mm. what I wanted for my life and that is that year actually the seven year mark seven years ago is really the catalyst for where I'm sitting right now mm. because I went through that whole year I was burned out um, I had essentially 10 months of working back to back with very little break in between. Not that Into the Woods was difficult because it was on Nantucket and we were a mile from the beach and I would ride Ugh. my bike to the beach every day. Heavenly. So it, I was not pressed. It was Nantuck good. you. Damn. <laughs> it was the best. It was one of the best summers ever. Although situations. Um, but I was burnt out. I came back to the city and I was like, I need to get a, a boring desk job that I can just sit at and decompress. Mm. And then that turned into, I got a boring desk job that I could sit and decompress and write an entire book at. Mm. <laughs> and that was also the year I created Baritone. And that was also the year that I did what I did Mamma Mia the first time that year at the Engaman. And it just was like, it changed everything. That that year was what got, is what why I'm here. And so here's year. the, Here's the other part then, both of you, all of us working and as creators who understand creating a thing, how do you sustain it when you have these other ideas and things you want to build or is everything, everything you design, is it meant to be sustained or do you sometimes have sunsets in place for these things? And third, how are you when it comes to managing and give, not giving your baby away, but bringing someone in who can keep it alive? Can I answer this one first? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that I create things without an expectation of them being sunset or otherwise. I think um, a lot of it has to do with um, I know that I'm not pursuing theater in a way that I'm going to get accolades. And even if I did, 
like Marin Maisie's death really bothered me because she was like this theater icon and we had to fight to get a single marquee to showcase her and have the lights turned out for her when she passed. I don't understand. You know, like when someone in the Broadway community dies, they lower, they turn the lights of Broadway off for like a minute to celebrate them and they'll put their face up on a marquee. I get that. I don't understand why you had to fight for that for because that they weren't because they weren't going to do it for her for her they weren't because do she it. did what what did she do that was so wrong that she could not get that? she did nothing wrong that's the point she did absolutely nothing wrong she had cancer um she passed and she was a theater icon and so the assumption was that they would turn the lights out <laughs> as like a tradition and respect for her and they didn't. And I'm fucking nobody. I'm not getting lights turned out in a fucking closet in Indiana at a theater I worked at, let alone a marquee on Broadway. So, like, that really, really bugged me. Because it was like, who the, who are we? Like, we're fucking nobody. Like, the union that's supposed to protect us doesn't give a shit about us when we die. I was fresh out of cancer for the most part. So, like, and I had spoken with her about doing my audiobook. And then she passed. And nothing they were going to give nothing for everything that she gave to this community and this business. They gave nothing. We had to scream about it for that to happen. And so for me, creating things without any kind of, not hope, I don't want to say hope because that sounds sad, but I don't create things with the idea of it's going to have this big giant life or that it's going to be sunset. I create it to create it because it's another thing that I've did, I've done to say, I made this, this is the thing I'm leaving. Mm. And I don't necessarily, like, would I love for these things to be like a number one hit, a hit TV show, like bring in millions of dollars? Absolutely. Yes. I wanted Baritone to be touring the country and have a company on different cruise ships and like just be this conglomerate. And I was told no at every turn because it was too gay. It was too, like, alternative for the Midwest audience, which is garbage and not true. You know, like, these were cruise ships that had, like, kinky boots on board. I was like, you have kinky boots and you can't put three guys in suits? Well, you know, the trick with kinky <laughs> boots is middle America can laugh at them. Right. Mm. Well, and we had room for that in this show, too. Like, that, it was built in. Also Cindy Lauper, but yes. Also Cindy Lauper, yes. But, but like, it's... But facts. Yeah. It, it's yeah. just one of those things where I, I have big hopes and big dreams and I want a big life. And, mm. you know, it's one of the reasons why we chose the the name for this podcast. I want to be a rich bitch because Facts. I fucking do. But if it doesn't happen, I will at least have a body of work of things that I have created that I care about that other people have been touched and affected by that maybe for a single generation beyond me, I will be remembered. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, and and I I will again always point to musical theater and music lyrics for therapeutic reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Aaron's and Flaherty have a show called The Glorious Ones, and there's a song in there, um, <clears throat> that the whole thing the song is called "I Was Here," and the idea of it is that why do we do these things? And it's to have something to say. I was here mm -hmm. because once you're gone, you're gone. Mm. Right. So that's my answer, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sarah answered first. She gave the seven. Um, but yeah, talk talk to us about that sustaining, that sunsetting, that. Uh... Mm -hmm. Well, I want to hear Davon tell us as well, but I, I will say, 
I will say, um, I've already exceeded some of the things I was going to do with just the idea. My first big creation, my, my show writing the D with Dr. Seeds. It's about mental health. It's about a non-licensed psychiatrist who rides the D train in New York and tries to fix people because she's kind of had a, a break, a psychological break. And she kind of creates her community, her tribe in the trains of New York, which are the most chaotic, unfiltered, fabulous, dirty places of all time. And mm-hmm. And no one had made anything about that. And um, I had created, and also I'm like, I'm a crazy funny bitch. And I was tired of going into auditions where I was always, she's the girlfriend. She has no backstory. Look at her. She's just a girlfriend. When we love that, she's not funny. And so I had to create that for myself. So really I created Dr. Seeds as a vessel just to show girl- (laughs) She crazy. Look at this. Look at this crazy humor. I'm I'm slapstick. I'm insane. I love it. I love bringing Lisa Frank and it's always sunny in Philadelphia together. Mm. You know what I mean? I love yes. the, what the childish. <laughs> I love the childish weirdness of my humor mixed with like it's really not appropriate. So, when I made Dr. Seeds, started as something small, became something so much bigger. We raised um almost 30,000 to make the pilot and then that was because though I brought people in, I brought, I, I learned that first off, no woman is an island mm. and we need everybody. We need these wonderful people in our lives hi, to, to create anything yes. truly. Yes. Um, just because the idea came from here, I needed, I needed other people to create this with me. And that's yes. where Lindsay Elizabeth Hand came in. And that's a friend of mine who's a wonderful producer. She has her own production company um, called Edge in Motion in New York City. And she produced the TV pilot full on with that money that we raised. Mm-hmm. And we created this. And something I learned through creating, I mean, we had like, I don't know how many people, like 50 people on set. I was able to Taft-Hartley like seven or eight and make people union rather. For, for those who don't know, Taft-Hartley is taking somebody's non-union and making them union. Um, I was able to do that and produce it and create and be just my actor self though when we were shooting. But none of that would have been possible. It was just me. Zero. Mm-hmm. None of it. It would have been an idea. I would have talked about it for five years. And 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 it wasn't my baby. That's the other thing. We cannot be so precious mm-hmm. because if the more that we constrict, the less people can reach in and, and, and assist and collaborate with us because this is a collaboration. Life is a collaboration. Art is a collaboration. It is not a solo project. No one's making art just for them to look at it. And if they are, I don't know what that is. That's masturbation. If you want people to see your thing, which is why we go to galleries or why we watch films or we go to see plays, the audience is collaborating with us. Anyone who's seeing it is creating with us. So um, yeah, so that honestly took off when it got on Amazon and then got Emmy considered. And then I got into the television Academy from it. That was not, that was not where I was going with it. I just wanted to make something. And I feel like I've already exceeded that. So to be honest, like, yes, I do want to be Kikitaka, Shonda Rhimes, hello, Sarah Seeds. Hey, hey, hey. And I want to, I'm pitching four shows in uh, later this year with my reps. I'm going to LA to pitch some more. I'm back in action post COVIDia, pandemia. But I really think I'm not precious about it. I don't know where each one would go. But like you were saying, it's good to have a plan, but it's also good to be able to roll with it. Like with Dr. With Dr. Seeds, like we were going to shoot on the train on the subway train, the D train, not the live train. We looked at the museum, way too expensive. Then we went to the, the firefighters used to practice on a D train 
to rescue people and stuff like that. But Louis CK, Louis had shot in there so many times for free that it was kind of like out of the picture. So mm-hmm. I, we were like, what do we do? Cause this was literally the whole point is to shoot on the subway. Guess what? We didn't fucking shoot on the subway. We got three flats and created our own D train warped set. We had a street artist come in and do all the pop like graffiti and we uh we spray painted chairs that we could move around so it looked different parts of the train, but it was only one rectangle, one little half of a rectangle, and it worked. It worked. I was like, I want to put flat screens. Then I started to really think even more within that box. I want to put flat screens in every window, and I want the train to be going all different directions because this is her world. This is her canned audience. This is her show. She's in a different planet right now. This is her time. And so it created this weird stylized show that I did not set out to make, but I made because of the collaboration and because of the limitations and the setbacks. So I do have ideas. I have, you know, a graphic novel thing I really want to make. It's like female Harry Potter on acid. And I have other funnier, you know, I have horror things. I have other things I want to do. And I do see where they can go, but I'm excited to see where they don't go and where they do go and who is with me and who's not with me. Let's just make it. Let's just and do it. And I, think, I feel like I've I already succeeded. Honestly, I don't really. Truthfully, yeah. you you have. I mean, truly. Um, and I think to call back to what you were saying about having a plan and being flexible, I think the plan is just to like do something, like build the plan as you go, even fine. And being able to roll with the punches is great because the last thing you want to do in the life of something is be presented with an opportunity and say no to it because it's not what you thought it was going to be. And so exactly what you're saying about like not being precious about it. No. You know, if something comes along, great. Throw the baby with the bathwater. Don't make it yours, babe. Like it can be your idea. You created this idea. Make it yours, like your style. There's things I, there's things I insisted upon. There's a scene in Dr. Seeds. There's a scene in Dr. Seeds where there is a literal pull. And for showtime, showtime, Dr. Seeds is like, I want to be in on this gig. And she jumps on the pole. But then I had my friend Olivier, who is a Cirque du Soleil, buff as fuck dude um amazing actor too he's popping off right now um he put a wig on that was like my hair my same outfit and did the whole like pole realness and it looks it's a man in a wig and it's amazing and then he jumps off screen and then i'm like (laughs) and then it's me no explanation needed and then sideways jane the homeless lady who's my greek chorus was like gives everyone gives me a 10 out of 10 they just have cards hers is like three and i'm like fucking bitch and i needed that i needed to have that pole <laughs> that's what i needed i didn't all these other things that's i was hilarious. like i don't care throw that person can be uh an alien i don't care but i really want this pole and and even Lindsay was like dude girl that's a pole we have to screw in and we have to make sure i was like no we need to make it up a code this is a union girl right here <laughs> but i want that pole and we did that poll. So there were certain things that I did stand by. But again, is it's this beca- the episode title? I really want that poll. I really, bitch, <laughs> bitch get off my poll. Okay. Get off my poll. Anyway, so sorry, roundabout way, but but just but just saying like, um, yeah, there's there. Please have a plan. Please make good work. Please know, but know that those plans are going to be thrown out, baby. It's not going to be mm. at all like you thought. But you will achieve it. You will achieve something that is sometimes beyond what you even could have imagined. Agreed. Um, All right. Did that answer? Did that answer your question, Devon? Yeah. (laughs) It 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 did and it didn't. Like the idea of sustaining and stuff like that. Like you answered it. The idea is that like sunsetting and stuff. That's not the thing because what you all are thinking about is 
again, manifesting, your favorite word. Pivot. Uh, manifest, manifesting, pivoting, working through, bringing things to actualization. Like, that's the thing. Because um, what know... keeps you going, Devon? What is, what is what keeps you? Because yeah, you're always creatively working. It sounds like you're in yeah. all these cities. What sustains you? For me, um, I guess seven years ago, I was in a relationship that was like 10 years. I was in a 10-year relationship, so five-year, mm. 10-year, yeah. So I was like in that that thing. Um, everything was great. That person's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, career was going well. I was auditioning. I was doing things. And then I, I'm, I remember just being like, is this what this is going to be for the rest of my life? Like creating stuff, doing stuff like that? Like, is this what I've dedicated to? So... I had just gone to Asia the first time I had uh, decided to go back because I was like, you know what, I just need to like remove myself again because there was an awakening awakening that took place the first time I had gone over, but I didn't I didn't fully understand what was going on within me. And what I had realized is that like a career can't love you back. It is a thing that cannot react to you. So the idea of dedicating myself to it was insanity. It's great. It's never going to give what right. it needs to give because it does not exist. Um, I had seen so many stories where actors were dedicating their entire lives. Um, in Philly, there was a woman who had won a Barrymore and she got on stage and said, guys, I'm working nonstop. I just got this Barrymore. You all are acknowledging me and I have $20,000 to show for it. That's that's what a year of consistent work is in this city. Um, stories similar to what you said about like Miss Maisie, uh, like um, giving everything being broke, giving everything, people not wanting to acknowledge you, wanting to keep going and not really having something. Um, so then I sat there when I was overseas. I remember I was just at the beach. Um, it was a moonlight. It was a, a full moon party, two mountains to the to the left and right, looking out at an endless ocean. The moon was right there illuminating everything. The water was warm. There were cows because on a certain part of the uh, mm. Hong Kong Island, you cannot cage cows. They have to be allowed to roam free on this land. And I went, oh my God, I don't dream of labor. I don't, that is not a concept. Mm -hmm. I do not want to labor. What do I want to do? And my whole thing was like, well, what is it that I am doing? And I was like, oh, I want to interact with people. I want to inspire. I want to, if I'm somewhere sitting and talking to people and there isn't a moment where I have asked a question where they're going off and like, getting activated and talking about dreams or being inspired, I have done something wrong. I have given nothing. Like if there's not a moment where I'm seeing someone monologue because they were inspired by something, I am, I'm fucking up. Um, so it was that realization like, my God, that's what I want. I want to be, and that means I don't have to be chained to acting. I can launch a podcast. I can launch, write a bill and let it go. I can, I have enough things within my knowledge to do a job sustain myself and keep it moving i have the knowledge i have the ability to genesis one and one which is the greatest gift he gave which is create like regardless of what we believe every entity or anything we've learned has given us this one gift which is to take this dirt that is under us and create something major and yeah. not just that but we're in tune with everyone else like i cannot sit and talk to you all without the concept of a laptop which is the concept of the internet, which is a concept of a ring light, which is the concept of how someone builds a house, ground, carpet. We are literally sitting on the contributions of so many other people, and it's our turn to give just that. Yes. Um, so the legacy doesn't matter, but the, contr the contribution 
in keeping us as a whole going forward is what now is important to me. So how do I do that within my acting? Even with falsettos, I'm making sure that my high school knows, I'm making sure that my middle school knows, I'm making sure that the archdiocese of that of that area knows so that people can come and go, oh, I wanna do that. I wanna make sure that the stories that are being told get to be told for my personal self. I'm pulling from my uncle Nathaniel who I never got to meet, meet because he died of AIDS. Like he is who I'm inspiring. So through that, I'm learning my own family lineage and like what took place and how that came to be and learning just like the AIDS crisis and how it affected so many communities. Like this is a community that I remember we were doing the designer run um, a little bit back and there was a lighting designer who came into the green room after the run and he was like, hey, I know you all were just running. There were still scripts in hand, but this means so much to me and just started like going and I was like, oh, this is important. This is really important. And on the flip side of that, starting like you were saying pitches, I want to start pitching these stories that I've heard because what I was saying earlier, like, how do I let these things go that people have told me and the only thing I know how to do is create and produce and pitch and like get people to like see this from that point of view like it's important for people to know like we understand things like sexual assault mm -hmm. but we don't understand what happens years after we don't understand like how one thing can trigger someone and send them back we don't understand how the ramifications of how it affects a family we don't understand even small things of like what it means just to experience a small moment of joy. Yes. Um, I remember uh, there was a kid in Asia who had come to see the Lion King show and it was something so unrelated. I think like one of the actors cracked or fell or something like that. And it made this kid laugh so hard. And I was like, oh, that's funny. And the parent like was really emphatic about like coming back and meeting us. And she meets us and she's like, I'm just so happy. Thank you, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, you're happy about the mistake? And she was like, no, we've just been like trying to connect with our child. Something horrid happened. And like, we just haven't heard him laugh in three years. And <laughs> that, that was the moment. And it was like, oh, you know what? There's something to this. We have to keep doing. We have to have the audacity to even go beyond what we think. Like, audacity. That, audacity. that's my thing now was like, how do I get these stories out there? How do I pitch? How, even now, like I'm looking at people who are on my team, like reps and stuff like that. Cause now it's like, I've been, I've been with my agency since 2016. Mm -hmm. And now I'm wondering like, well, who else do I need to add? Who I need to subtract? Not because like there's something wrong with my team. I love my team, but there are bigger things we need to be doing, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's all of us across the board. And the one thing that scares me now that I'm having this awakening of like, I don't dream of labor. I dream of inspiring. It's like, I have to be very aware of when I'm becoming complacent or when something is becoming something more than what it needs to be. Has it served its purpose? A burden. It is it becoming a burden? Is it is becoming it a burden? And that's what I learned about the receipts. The, 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 the deed of the receipts is done. We did everything that needs to be done, but the work continues. That, that shell, which was which it was living in, it's done. It's time to put it in a new casing. And with these creative juices and stuff like that, the, the new one is there are studios, there are shows, there are movies, there are podcasts, yes. there are so many other platforms to get people to do the simple thing, which is listen. Listen, receive, and achieve an evolution. Yes. Wow. Well done.
Thank you. God damn it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Davon, Davon, Profound Williams. Profound (laughs) Williams. Yeah. um, Well, this was great. Um, Yeah, this is going to be our longest episode. I'm not editing a damn thing. Don't edit a damn thing. Don't. You can't. We don't. Listen, we're not. Except for the stupid thumb. Why is is it going? I want that to happen. I'm going to update it. Because I'm sitting here like this with my mic and it's like, yo, your thumbs up. Okay. Stupid. Wait, what happens if you like do a heart? Does it make a heart if you do a heart? Okay, she's a bitch. She's just no, it's only up it's only she's thumbs just thumbing up you. Hand. She was like, okay, cool, don't edit. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. What she did. Well, Zoom this was fabulous. Away. I think this was especially fabulous. as our first um guest. You know, it was fab. It, it's incredible. Yeah, um, wonderful. This was wonderful. This is rejuvenating to me. You're also and the second guest like... is Fran Drescher, right? Second yes. guest, <laughs> <is> Fran... <laughs> Mr. Sheffield. Yes, Mr. absolutely. Sheffield. Um, you're also giving us like some young Eddie Murphy vibes right now, which Eddie I totally Mark. love. I love Eddie Murphy. I have red pants now, so I can I can fulfill the fantasy of Eddie Murphy now. I love. Done. Um, Davon, you're a delight. I'm so glad you said Thank yes you. and you were able to do this. I love you as a human, and I love what you do always. And I love I... that we've met before indirectly. Indirectly, Ed, I love and adore wild? you, Sarah. You're great. I, oh my I, God. Oh, y'all are awesome. How this can we, fun. how can we, how can our listeners follow you? Or do you want them to? How, where can they find you? What do you want? Yeah, if you like to laugh, like again, every now and then I'll throw something profound, but a lot of times I'm just being goofy. So if you like to laugh, please follow me. If you're looking for something profound, just check in every now and then. No, no, still follow me. Like, I think you jokes know, are profound. <laughs> follow her. Great. Where can they follow you? Where's what, what's the best place? Put in at day willing. Most, I live mostly on Instagram. Same. I kind of pulled back from TikTok because I'm assuming it's not going to be around in like a year. Um, you know, if the <laughs> government has its way. That still leaves you a year. <laughs> a year. Um, I love Facebook. TikTok. I will never leave. I will go down with this ship. <laughs> Girl, I honestly, I do you think, do you think, do you think our government is overreacting or do you really think this is a problem? China has unleashed a beast on us and we need to clip it now. No, I think this is a dog and pony show. I think we'll find out. I don't know. I just, I'm in the, I'm in the agnostic camp of, I literally just don't know. I'm, I, I'm I don't in, think I know enough to know. I don't think I. I'm in the um, camp of, I don't care enough, but also <laughs> it looks like, it just looks like a scapegoat for other things. Mm. Mm. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. That's a different episode, but yes, oh, yeah. I think that is how I feel. I think that it will stick around for as long as it's going to stick around. They keep rolling out new new things. Other platforms keep doing things to try and compete with them, which is really wild to watch. Yeah, it is. Because this is, again, this is like what I do for work. So like, this is the thing that I have my finger on the pulse for. And uh, it's it's really wild. And I, I think I optimistically want to say, I think we'll be fine and it's not going anywhere. But I hope so. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, and, and or maybe other... we'll find out it's it's getting us all and it needs to go. I don't know. I literally just don't know. Totally. And I will I will also say to that that any information that they're quote unquote getting from us on this app, mm-hmm. they can get from us on any other app through mm-hmm. various other means. They can literally buy it. It is on the market. Mm-hmm. So like you're not getting anything new, really. You know, I mean, there was that whole era where Facebook was getting fingerprints from us to unlock our phones. So, like, I mean, and then Cambridge Analytica of it all happened. So, like, yeah, 
am I worried? Not really. They already have it. I don't care. <laughs> they got I, it. They're I, using I, it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I get why it is different for people because it's not an American company. I see why, where that's all coming from. So I don't know. I, I think uh, it could go either way and we could find crazy shit out or we could find out it was a complete waste of time. Honestly, I think in a year we're going to forget about it because the bigger issue is going to be AI and how yeah. all of us are using I mean, or it misusing it. It already is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it already is. It's And I don't think it's a problem. I think there's room for it to be really amazing. And this AI, as is, will make people millionaires. It just will. Like, people like you and I will figure out a way to use it. And... <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding, and it'll make it'll make people rich as shit. The pandemic made m- multiple new millionaires. My boss being one of them, and you know it it's with with new innovation and invention and tragedy always comes wealth. That's America, man. Sure, is. Really biggest disasters, on. biggest opportunity. Correct. So yeah, on to end on wah, an upbeat. Wah, wah. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> let's, yeah. talk about Maisie, let's talk about Marin Maisie some more. <laughs> yes, let's, let's not. I'm so sad. No, I know um, that was it was heartbreaking. But yes, no, I mean, freaking... but yeah. So I mean, this is our longest episode, which I'm so happy to bestow upon Davon because yeah. holy shit, I just respect the shit out of you, and I can't wait to see you do more. I saw this man do like amazing things with kind of a throwaway role in Play That Goes Wrong at the Fulton Theater. <laughs> just so good you know that's my new favorite thing right now ed is like everyone because again i was introduced through the podcast so people are coming being like oh he's actually like good at the craft like he's actually (laughs) talented (laughs) it's you know but that's that's the marks of a true artiste you know you do it all you you can be human and be we're all humans so we can do it on stage we can do it on a podcast and we can do it on the corner we can just do it so yeah well and it's it's the thing of like you know you are welcome to come in here swinging as long as you can back it up facts and that is what davon williams is embodying oh, right. thank you thank you well thank you davon thank you everyone for listening to how the to be a rich episode ever bitch. of how to be rich <laughs> give me the dollars you're so rich oh, pay me. <laughs>